Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. Hi. How are you? Who are you? Who are we? Who am I? What is this? Are you having an existential crisis? Um, you know, I think in order to have an existential crisis, you have to have big thoughts. And right now I'm in my Joey Tribbiani era. I am no thoughts, just vibes. Okay. Well, I'm Melissa Diamond Monts, and this is Megan Rinks. And we are the host of this here podcast, Don't Blame Me. We're also hosts of another podcast, But Am I Wrong? And we also have two other episodes of our podcast multiverse that come out during the week. We are here for you 
four days a week because five days a week would just be too much. Yeah. Missed opportunity. On because you day? said that. Nope. Because you said that you're in your Joey Tribbiani era, era. And then you said, we're here for you. I'll be there for you. <laughs> Facts. I organically, like that wasn't even, it was like, sometimes I love self-references. So we were watching Friends last night and Mots and I were just dying at Joey. And I was like, you know, every time I rewatch the show, I decide who's my favorite character, like for that rewatch. And right now I'm loving Joey. And I literally have a draft saved on Twitter that says I'm in my Joey Tribbiani era. And then I just have like a bunch of pictures of him from the show. And nobody knows that that was like a reference in this conversation to my tweet that I haven't sent out. But for me, it was like, as the head writer and showrunner of my life, I just like gave myself kudos for the referential joke. You lost me somewhere along there, but gotcha. Well, so okay. I, don't, I don't know if I had anyone there except for me. <laughs> okay. That's how my brain works. I'm like, it's so hard to get those words out when you're like, you should know how perfectly and just organized and just visual and just all, all that is in my head. And then when I try and say the words, no thoughts, just vibes. Okay. Well, what is this podcast? What do we do here? Do we give blowjobs? Do we give... Sometimes, but that's not part <laughs> of the podcast. No, we do, that's what we do on our <laughs> off time is none time. of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> what do we give? We give advice, thoughts, opinions, sometimes vibes too, as you said. People can call in to the show at 310-694-0736. Bitch, Zero. I knew and you Because Wait, I never actually... say it. No, I no, never no, no. say I'm it. Not, I'm not knocking you for not knowing it. I'm knocking me for hearing different numbers and going, I don't think that's right. It didn't like, feel that was... right. It didn't Go feel me. right. I was like, these last few numbers, I don't know what, what's coming that's out. That's where I get caught too. I'm always like, oh, I don't know if these are it. I think I might have said the number out loud twice on this show. So this is the second time. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time and I was so impressed because you did it quicker with more confidence than I have uh, as somebody who says it once a week for years. Well, you'll figure it out if you don't information's in the show notes. I'm pointing down as if I'm on a YouTube video, but if you do have the video, it is uh, on our Patreon, which, you know, if you want to sign up for $5 a month, you can get this show plus some live streams. $6 a month, you can get this show plus our other show, but am I wrong, and the live streams, or $1 a month and just get this show. And what I mean by this show is the video for the show. And if I'm pointing down the number and email, uh, the number is down there and email address if you're international. You know, I was going to say, you know, how Oprah was like, you get a car, you get a car. Mm -hmm. Think of us. But like, instead of giving everyone cars, we're not on a primetime budget. So we're just giving you free advice. She wasn't on a primetime budget either. She was on a At that time budget. Yeah, she's always daytime. She has, oh. I mean, her budget is exp exponential, but she's Melissa, a daytime. This is the moment that I have realized that prime time oh i meant network budget not because i was like prime time i was like not the time of day and then i go no megan you said prime time that is mm -hmm. that is the after dinner spot so you know yes. uh, she has a network budget 
we have a student film budget. <laughs> and indie. We have an indie a budget. Pure indie. And not and that's not a lie. A24 is not is not a real indie and also you have something crazy i mean you know this but to the audience a movie that's two million dollars is an indie movie like, i know that's the part that's so wild that like mm-hmm. you could spend lots of money and have it be an indie yeah so We're yeah low, we low, 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 low low budget and if you want us to have a higher budget just know you can go onto Patreon and enter in any amount you would like to give us per month. And mm-hmm. we will happily take it. Like we thank you. We appreciate it. We're, we're here for, we're here to receive your money. If you're, you've got money to give to us. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to bless us. Please. What'd you my say? Mouth. <laughs> I said, I was saying bless, but I said, bless us. Uh, my mouth <laughs> malfunctioned I- on me. <laughs> I thought it was just the video skipping for me. And I was like, no, no guy. It was like, a, it was a, like jumping over your words, but it kind of sounded like bless up. I was like, yeah, bless yeah, up. Yeah, kind of sounded like that. Anyways, like Melissa said, we're going to be giving you wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice. And if you're wondering how we are qualified to give you advice, because you're not Oprah. First of all, you don't know that. Second of all, because... We have been a part of Oprah's favorite things for going on 15 years now. So if Mm -hmm. Oprah is a friend of the show and we have Oprah's seal of approval, imagine we edit on the Oprah's pick onto our podcast logo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's some trademark thing there, but we have to make, we'd have to make some, we'd have to make a parody version of it. I'm literally writing down fake Oprah logo (laughs) on our podcast. I think you should put fake at the bottom of it just to mm-hmm. stay protected. But Oprah's yeah. own future favorite. <laughs> if Oprah listened, she would like it. Or we yeah. do one for Gail. Gail's favorite, but we do a G instead of the. Uh, that'd be pretty. Oh, cute. that's be it. Pretty cute. That's it. It's that's pretty it. cute. Gail. So that's all we have to say on that subject. So stop asking for our credentials. Those are protected. Those are protected by HIPAA. So like, please, please stop. I'm obsessed with everybody thinking that everything's a HIPAA, HIPAA violation. Cover, covers everything. I can't I, I, tell like, you my vaccination status because that's covered by HIPAA. Are you a doctor? Is this your personal learn information? one acronym and then they go, <laughs> They, I'm I'm I get a, I'm good for now. Thank you, thank you. They heard one acronym and they're like, oh, "That's mm-hmm. that's all I need. It's all I fucking need." Being loud and wrong, that is that's my culture. It is my culture. So we're gonna give you wonderful advice. So for your calls and for your voice memos, international people, you have to keep it all under three minutes. And the best way to make use of your time is we command demand. We pretend there's an invisible us yelling at you saying, come on, do it. Write down everything that you want to say, like literally a script. Then practice a couple of times with a timer to make sure you're under those three minutes and include things like your age. It's all anonymous. We don't need names. But if it's about relationships, how long you've been together, friendships, give us all of the relevant information so we can give you the best advice. We don't need like the little nitty gritty of you know, we don't need your zodiac sign. Like, unless you got extra time, sure, throw it out there. But we can give you the best advice when we have the best information that really pertains to the advice that we're giving. So, yeah, I was gonna say, if you think somebody's a shitty person, please give us specific examples. 
because we can't just judge them based on a blanket statement. Yeah. Anytime it's something like that. And we've had it in the last like couple of episodes when people be like, well, you know, and then there's like all this other shit I could get into. Like, get you, into it. We, yeah, we also like we absolutely love when you're like, oh, I love listening to the podcast forever. Like this, like all you we our egos are fine. Like you can cut that out if that means that you can give us more. Like we want the most drama there is. Don't leave any of that out. Like give it us all. I'm I'm starving. I'm so hungry. My plate is not full. Throw some more drama onto it. That's what we're here for. And read it when you are recording. That's like the best way to do it. And even as a listener, if you listen to a couple episodes, you will find that the calls that you like the most, the calls that are like the most like, what the fuck? This is great. This is, I'm following so along really well. Those are the people who write them down and then read them when they record. And you can potentially get a diamond from Melissa. And we have one listener who is, has been a caller twice and has gotten, oh no, they have gotten two diamonds for the two times they've called and they got a diamond or whatever, you said some diamond dust, something adjacent for when we read one of their reviews. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they feel great about themselves. Like, they love that. And that could be you. Could be you. Could be you. I do want to say, I noticed in the last episode, it seemed like we were cutting each other off. We are recording virtual for the holidays. So there's a delay. And when I think, and I'm sure Megan thinks the same thing, that there's a break in conversation. It sounds like it on our delayed side, but not actually in the recording. So please forgive us if we're talking over each other. If this was just audio, we'd be able to separate it. But since there's video, we can't do that. Yeah. And as somebody who um, does not do well in silences, I always am just throwing in another thing here and... I end up cutting, we end up talking over each other uh, a lot. So we appreciate the understanding. And it can be like the beginning of quarantine. People are like, oh my gosh, like their vibes are weird. Like, are they fighting? It's Mm -hmm. like, no. No. Virtual isn't perfect. No. And we don't fight. Also, we don't fight with each other, but we also don't fight with other people. We're ghosters. If we had, we would, the podcast would just suddenly end. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd never hear from us again. All right. Shall we get into the calls? We should. I think it's a good call. (laughs) Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 25. I use he or pronouns. And the guy in this call is 30, uses he, him pronouns. For a little bit of context, I am an actor in this summer. I had a small role in my first ever feature, which was a huge win for me career-wise, but also it was like a great time socially, and I felt really embodied. On this set, it was, like, mostly female, except the cinematographer, basically, and I developed, like, a little crush on him, and all the women on set were, like, vouching for him, and they'd worked for him, so that made me like him more. And I didn't want to make anything weird, so I, like, waited until the wrap party, but I had been, like, telling all my friends, like, oh, I, like, really have a crush on the cinematographer. He's, like, so hot and fun, and I really want to hook up with him after the wrap party, but I wasn't sure if it was going to happen because I wasn't sure if he liked me like that, but anyway, he was. And we hooked up that night, and I woke up the next day, like, truly rejuvenated. Like, the sex was so good in the most, like, run-of-the-mill way. Like, I don't know how to explain it besides life-affirming and, like, good wet sex, as you guys would say. Like, he was a foreplay king, and I squirted. Like, I never do that. So that was crazy. But after we hung out, we didn't hang out again for, like, a month and a half because, like, one, I think we were both busy. He was out of town, I was out of town. And two, neither of us were, like, initiating anything, but eventually, like, I replied to one of his Instagram stories and he was like, we should get drinks or whatever. And then we hung out and had sex again. And it was so fun. And then again, it took another like two months for us to hang out again because of life shit. And like, we're not really friends. So we don't talk often or see each other often. So 
it's not like normal to just be like, hey, we should hang out or like it to just come up naturally. It has to be planned. And I think neither of us are really like taking the time to plan shit because it feels like formal dates and stuff, you know. And the thing is, I don't really think I want to be in a relationship with him because he's like a 30 year old cishet white dude who's like life is so different than mine. But I'm in a place in my life where, like, I don't really want to date anyone, and that's good. And every time I hook up with him, I'm like, okay, this is, like, so fun, and I need to be doing more of it. But this is coming from a person with low low libido, too. So, like, it's just I have never had that much fun having sex with someone. But I've never really been in this position where I wanted to have sex with someone a lot who, like, wasn't my friend or person I was dating. So, yeah, I also struggle with initiating conversations like this because – I'm afraid of rejection and both of us are kind of avoidant people and I feel like this is exactly the kind of low stakes sexual relationship I want right now and I want to just be like, hey, I really like having sex with you and I want to do more often if that's like fun for you too, but I don't really fucking say that. Um, I'm so anxious right now. I'm talking so fast. So fucking weird and so new. I'd love your advice and like what I should say and also I want to know what sign Nugget thinks I am because I feel like I'm not coming off. Let's get right now. Anyway, thank you so much. Love you guys so much. Bye. Um, I have no idea what sign you are because the only thing I can say is I, the only guess I have is a Leo because <laughs> this is this is very this is very Leo and um mostly because uh, this is this is me. I've this is this is why I am so glad that I am no longer single because it is all fun and games to hook up with someone who you work with on a set because you're like, you know, not going to see this person again, like it, whatever it is. Town gets really small and it can get really bad. Like the amount of friends that I have had where they like run into like hair and makeup and was like, oh my fucking God, like this person I hooked up with is like day playing is like here for one day. Like what the fuck? And you know, it's, it's all like fun giggles and laughing until like one day it's, not a fun giggles and laughing situation. Like it's actually gets in the way of doing your job or whatever it is. This is a a hilarious call. I knew exactly where you were going when you were like, there's one male cinematographer and I'm like, yep. And Mm -hmm. we're hooking up at the rap party. (laughs) Like that's just how it is. So I don't think you need to tell him anything. Like you said that you don't want a relationship and you just want to like enjoy and continue just hooking up. You are doing that like that's what's happening right now like so I don't think that you need to 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 say any of that but if you're if you're trying to like if you're like I feel like we should have a conversation then it might be because you feel like you actually do have started to develop some feelings for him or that you think he might have developed feelings but you brought up your fear of rejection and so like you can't be rejected from something that you're already doing like you're hooking up with him when you both have the time and energy to like reach out and like hook up. So that's already happening. You're not going to be rejected from that. So I don't want to infer that maybe you do. Maybe there's a part of you that thinks like you has said that you deal with low libido and you've never had this much fun having sex before. Maybe there's like a part of you that is like, oh, this is this is probably what this is supposed to feel like with like your person. And so now I need to like get my emotions to catch up with like my body during sex with this, but you don't. But sometimes, and I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast or like something similar along the lines of it is when you have someone who's like fulfilling the role of partner or like fuck buddy or whatever, if if you have someone who's, who's scratching that itch, 
if you don't let that itch go without being scratched, sometimes you won't look for it in other places. And so like before Mots and I started dating, I wasn't really like dating that much because if I wanted to talk, text someone late at night or talk to someone or flirt with someone, like I could, I would talk to him. And my friends were like, you either need to pursue this or you need to pursue it with somebody else because right now he's playing that role for you. So you don't really have an incentive to seek that out anywhere else. And so I think like, if you want this to be like what kickstarts your like hoe era or like your whatever you want to like your you, kickstarts you having great good wet sex with other people and this new era of your life that's like I'm all for that but I think you should recognize if you feel like you are investing too much time in someone that you actually don't it's like scratching like 70% of that itch and you know like if if this isn't what you want to spend your time doing with him and you would like to do it with other people, I think you might want to put him farther on the back burner. So, you know, you, you are meeting new people and hooking up with other people like that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with a with a fuck buddy like this. Yeah, I feel slightly different about this because to me, it sounds like that she wants to have him as a fuck buddy, but have it more often. But she doesn't want to oh. tell, like communicate to him that you know, I want to do this more often, but she doesn't want him to think that it's because she's catching feelings for him. So that would make sense. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, in this case, I believe that you should have a conversation with him in the sense of, I like what we're doing. I enjoy hooking up with you. This is the kind of like friendship I would like to have with you. I just would like to do it more often, not more as in I want to have more with, I want to have deeper feelings and explore deeper feelings with you, but I want to continue to do exactly what we're doing just more often. You want like a a, a dick appointment on the books, like a reoccurring. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So I do think like you should have a conversation with him and say, and say, you know, just say, hey, I like hooking up with you. This is fun. I'd like to do it more often. I like where we are now. You know, we're good at being friends and that's all I want, just more often. Hell yeah. I will say though, I would I would know when you're getting into a fuck buddy situation, especially one where like we don't have you don't have we don't have coworkers in the same way, but like you need to consider mm-hmm. him like a coworker. And we always say don't shit where you eat. That does change a little bit in the industry because I'm like, don't do it when you're fucking filming. But yeah. Which she did. She waited exactly. till after. You totally. But just know that like, know when to get out because all these people who are like singing his praises and like all of that, like love him, all of that kind of stuff. Like you want to eventually when you end the fuck buddy relationship, end it on a note that doesn't make your future jobs uncomfortable or make his future jobs uncomfortable. So if it like mm-hmm. starts getting sticky or if it starts like someone starts having like, more feelings than the other person. You you have to treat this like, I don't know, maybe like a a coworker who is in a different works on the other coast but comes back. Like you mm-hmm. have to treat it as a relationship that like you're going to have to inevitably, you know, see and be around this person and have lots of mutual people. And the, you don't want that feeling where you're looking at a call sheet every time you get one and going, I Please, please don't see the name. Please don't see the name. Please don't see mm-hmm. the name. And, you know, 
I have one name that I'm like, oh God, please no, that would just be bad. And then I have another name that it's like, hey, um, can can we need to we can't be there at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is not this is not it. Like there's a like, you know, so you can't always live as much in the in the moment. Like you have to think about it pragmatically, which, you know, if the sex is good, keep doing it as long yeah. as it's good and you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Agree. See, this is the other. If you're afraid of rejection, there's also part of me that I'm just like, I would just start hitting him up more and seeing if he wants to like hook up because I would rather that rejection if he's like not into it than me being like, I'd like to hook up more. He's like, I'd like to have sex less. I'd be like, yeah, I think going off of that, I think maybe instead of let's go out and get drinks, you cut that part out of it. Yeah. Or send a like send like a sexy pic. Because that feels like like if you go out and get drinks before that feels like you're dating. And if that's not what you want, then don't do that. And that's just like foreplay with like no clit action. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. if let's let's get to the if we're just trying to cut to the end, let's utilize our time. We're both busy adults. Let's do that. Like maybe send a sexy pic. And, you know, that's actually a good call. If you if you if you instigate making it more fuck buddy e and less of like the song and dance of like, oh, drinks, maybe dinner and then ending up in that place then I think that you might not even need to have that conversation, you know, just naturally happens that way. All right. Next call. Yeesh. Hi, Megan and Melissa. This is Jay. I am 34 and I'm non-binary, born in a female body. So my question is actually about the use of pronouns in social media. I have really complicated feelings about social media as I'm a white person and I used to be a model. So a lot of people have followed me and kind of like in an objectifying way. And I feel very uncomfortable with being objectified and um, sexualized against my consent. So that's been a lot of my experience. Secondly, after I learned more about Black Lives Matter and um, issues about race and class, I realized and um, been privileged, I realized how unhelpful it was for me to present myself on social media. And then thirdly, um, when I came out as non-binary, even to close friends or family, it had really challenging responses, a lot of pushback, a lot of people just like not understanding. And that's okay with me, but I don't have a pronoun preference. I'm good with he, she, they, kind of whatever. And yet when I say I don't have a pronoun preference, I had a lot of people call me it and say like, I don't know what to say about you and this or that, which is a little bit confusing to me because to me it feels like I'm including whatever personal pronouns you prefer to call me, like basically you can't do wrong as long as you use personal pronoun. So just due to my experiences in those circumstances, I really not wanted to include pronouns on my social media feeds, although they're now like standard and none of them really apply to me. And I've also taken away my pronoun preferences or lack thereof in my school and work environment because I'm scared of how people will respond. So just curious how you feel about that and if you think that it's better to be vocal and just kind of deal with whatever happens so that I can stand strongly for others or whether it's okay that I don't come forward about it, even though that makes me seem like maybe I'm not being helpful to other people. So. Thank you. Your pronouns are your pronouns and you can do with them what you want. 
You don't have to be out here fighting other people's fights if that's not what you want. This is personal. It's about you. I mean, how we feel about it. I mean, we, you know, used to require people after we started having people use pronouns, asking them to use them, we would say, definitely include your pronouns. And now we're like, because we realized that, you know, there are people Over- like you. We overcorrected. Yeah, we overcorrected. There are people like you that exist and don't care. Like, use your, share our pronouns. I mean, share your pronouns if you want to, but mm-hmm. you don't have to. That's not for us to say. And we were wrong and we know that we were wrong. Mm-hmm. And again, like, this is, this is you. This is about what you want. And if people can't yeah. respect that, that's on them. And anyone who refers to you as it is someone who didn't respect you point blank. And mm-hmm. like whether that's that they didn't respect you prior to knowing that you were non-binary with no personal pronoun preference or that they didn't respect you because they're bigots because of that. Like mm-hmm. that's not... <laughs> and I'm someone who is, you know... N- not great at spelling, not the most great, not not the greatest at quickly calling to memory things I learned in English class. But people know <laughs> what pronouns are. And in turn, if you care about someone and you have, you're confused when someone says that they have no personal pronoun preference, a person who respects you and cares about you and a good person would be like, again, if they didn't totally understand what that means, they would be like, Oh, could you explain that a little bit more? I'm, I am a little confused. Do you mean that you don't want me to use any of ex, like he, she, they pronouns, or is there a different one you would prefer me to use? Or do you mean that you're okay with all of these within that? Mm-hmm. Like I, as someone who is like a cis woman, like I can't say that all questions come in good faith and all of them should be entertained the same, but never in my life have I had any interactions with someone who has a different experience with their body, with gender, with pronouns, with sexuality, with race, with anything who's ever been upset that I asked a question. Mm -hmm. And maybe I didn't phrase a question great. And I would hope in those situations. And there's times where I haven't phrased questions well. And people will correct me on that instance. But never have I had an instance where someone's been like, I wish I I wish you didn't ask that. Like, I wish you would just, you know, continue. I would I wish you would just made an executive decision to offend me and and be Mm -hmm. offensive. And so you on the other side of that, like what I what we're both describing is not it's not hard what we've done. Like it's bare minimum baseline. and you have dealt with like traumatic responses from people and of like, it's dehumanizing. And that was intentional on their end. That's not an accident. Like that's not something that you would do accidentally. (laughs) And again, if you care about someone, you're going to do your research before you talk because you want to make sure you're not doing something like that, or you're going to have a big precursor, whatever it is. But like people get upset when you call babies it. People are upset mm-hmm. when you get called, when you call dogs it. Like that is, that is like a, no, that is, that was an obvious thing. And so I think even taking all of that away, like Melissa said, like your pronouns and your preference, like that's, 
It's literally whatever you want. You don't, you don't have to be a voice. You don't have to be an advocate. You also, we've said this before, you don't have to be an advocate for a group that you are a part of. Like you can just exist. You can just exist and you don't need to deal with the potential repercussions in your school or work life or on social media to be like a face or a voice of any sort of group with whatever, like you just, you don't have to do that. Like that's not, that's not like paying your dues at all. Like you've, you've been, you've had shitty fucking things that have happened with this. And like, that's not something that you have to take it. You don't have to be a poster child for anything. Yeah. Like it already, you've already had to deal with that. And like, you can draw a line in the sand of being like, yeah, I'm not dealing with that anymore. And like, that doesn't mean you're being deceptive. That doesn't mean that like, you're not giving people the opportunity to show you that they can like respect you. Like you're allowed to have been burned and then have, and have that effect and change how you interact with other people to prevent you from getting hurt again. Even if none of those other people you're having interactions with would hurt you, you're allowed to withhold information or withhold sharing things with people until you know that you're going to be supported. That's mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't be offended if someone did that to me at all. I would not. Like, I would never be offended, even if it was like a close friend. And they were like, I just wanted to like, you know, have a conversation with you later and like suss out whatever more. I would, I would never, I wouldn't be hurt. I would be like, right. that's that, like, I, I'm, I'm happy for whatever I can do for you and whatever vessel. But you also like, you started on modeling and you have being objectified and all of that shit. Like, no, like you had bad responses from, <laughs> Friends and family. I don't think anybody would assume that that would make you want to be even more vocal about that on social media. It's like strangers Mm -hmm. you don't know. So you just do you. Yeah. You know, and when I see someone who doesn't have pronouns in like their social media or whatever that like whatever, I don't automatically assume (laughs) that that person is like, oh, that person doesn't believe in pronouns, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, you know, the the Fox News thing where it's like, dare you to make a sentence of that one. Like, I, that's not the assumption that I have. I think like, like Melissa said, I think we overcorrected in ours. And I do think that social media and cultures are shifting in that sense as well. That I don't think, I think now we're starting to see there are people who don't have pronouns for, in their bios for safety. There are like all of these different things. And I think there's been, a little bit more of a shift here, I would hope, because I think mm-hmm. that, especially on social media, the demanding of people to tell strangers what, what their pronouns are, what their sexual orientation is, all of these different things. I think that we kind of hit a, a peak with problematic nature of that in the last like probably two years or something. Mm-hmm. And I hope And I think, but again, that's not my community to know for sure. But as someone who, you know, how we, of course, corrected in our own podcast, I I, I hope that people are starting to, it's starting to level out in the sense of when we expect people to, to disclose everything. And then when we first expect everyone, like, don't ask, don't tell, this is so taboo. And then it becomes, oh, everyone needs to, tell us everything and owe us everything. Absolutely has to do it. There's no one has to do anything. Yeah. 
it feels like acceptance at gunpoint. Like it's a like threatening mm-hmm. accept. Like we're like I we're really inclusive. We accept you, but I need to know where to put you. I need to know what box to put you in and do all mm-hmm. of this other stuff. Like that's that's so much more about people who are consuming you, whether friends, family, people who follow you versus you. Like mm-hmm. so, protect your peace. Fuck anyone who claims that they don't know what to uh what pronouns to use for you besides it yeah you have my permission to um slap them in the air you have my permission to haunt them (laughs) all right we're gonna take a break now Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package, and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help 
if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. 
And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said, part time travel romance, part spy thriller, and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> when I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black, and this one is about a missing girl who returns, but that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective... Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls, but happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I, we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back from our break. Next call. Yes. Dear Megan and Melissa, I'm a 22-year-old Taurus, she, her, who just graduated from undergrad in the spring. I went to school about two hours from my house at a small school and lived off campus in the city nearby starting sophomore year. I was able to make friends, but like many, my college experience was interrupted. When I returned in the fall of 2021, the beginning of my senior year, everything was different. All the friends I had made bonded throughout the pandemic because they stayed on campus while I stayed with my parents for financial and safety reasons. I tried to hang out with them throughout my time there, but plans would always fall through, mostly because they did not respond to my texts when they were going and just went without me. This actually happened the night before graduation and I was devastated. I was all ready to go and I was actually waiting for a reply when I saw that they were already hanging out um, after watching somebody's story. And I just felt so stupid. Um, it made me realize that I had failed to make real friends during my forest years there. That was really hard for me because not only did I feel like I was robbed of a true college experience that I really craved, but I had nothing to show for my four years other than a piece of paper. To give context, my parents are really controlling, to the point of having an 8.30 curfew every night. Needless to say, I don't have many friends other than my boyfriend of five years and my best friend of 10 years who is off at that school. So not being able to have that and seeing all of them posting stories and having a great time together, even now, is kind of painful to see. I guess what I'm looking for advice-wise is how do I not feel like this and how can I make adult friends? I think I should also mention that I am a nanny um, in online grad school, so there's no hope of making friends there, but I do live near a big city, so there's that. So any advice that you could provide as far as this goes would be great. Thanks. That is awful. Like Those people are assholes. No, that, like, and that's no fault of yours. Like, that's not like, oh, I failed to make true friends. Like, you had, it's hard to look at, like, friends that, friendships that end badly or were you like burned in the end it's hard to look at it it's easy to look at in absolutes and I don't know if you have like good memories of them from like the beginning of school and like that's but like if it was me <laughs> I would rewrite as much of it as you can as to oh yeah I had a couple of these friends freshman year and then they ceased to exist afterwards with that because 
the circumstances, like, I don't want you to think that your picker is off or like you picked bad people. Like, I think like COVID brought out the worst in people. I think there are some people who already sucked and I think it made it worse. I think there are some people who, if COVID never happened, that they their lives would be pretty different now. Like, I think there are some people who the only way that they were going to become this person is if they dealt with a fucking pandemic. Like, that's just like really all there is to it. And I don't think this is a like a you a you problem at, at all. Like, you have so much to show for like just having a piece of paper and looking at that. Like, but you're telling me like you have a best friend you've had of 10 years and a boyfriend you've had for, I think you said five and you graduated college and you're doing online grad school and you're a nanny. Like you have so much to show for your life. Like that you're, you've done amazing things. You have, you've got a, you've got a lot and you don't have those friends, those people, cause those people suck they 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 just fucking sucked and if they did invite you out that night for grad school like they still would have sucked like their behavior they would have been shitty and i think like it's really hard as someone who also had a really shitty college experience i didn't even make it out with a little piece of paper i had a hard time making good friends as an adult or like a like a late teen early 20s and the best thing that I ever did was realize that like my friendships don't have to look how everybody else's look. And not everybody can say that they've had friends that they've had since they were like, I've had friends since I was in diapers and I've had the same, like I've had these people in my life for so long. And a lot of the people who I was, you know, felt burned by as friendships in my adult life, they didn't have those relationships. And so we all have we all have different things and we all have different things at different times. And I realized that I couldn't have, I couldn't have everything without giving up things in my life. Like if I wanted to have all of these like fantastic college friends and all of that, then I might not have been able to maintain a long distance friendship with childhood friends. Like there's always this kind of give and take that happens. And it's really easy to look at what you don't have versus what you do have. And I found it a lot easier to make adult friends when I wasn't trying to kind of just check off a box and make adult friends. It was when I was, you know, I, I was, I wasn't trying to impress people. I was hang, I was doing things that I liked and I was being myself in those instances. And I was gravitated towards other people who were also being themselves in those instances. But the times where I felt like I was trying to complete a mission and befriend people, like befriend people around my own age and do all of that stuff. Like that's when I was going to fucking like one Oak on the weekends with girls. Like I don't even know their fucking names. And the friends that I've made as an adult, like you, Lily, Jesse, Cammy, other Cammy, like, like uh, anyone, <laughs> like Kyle, all of these other people. I'm like, I'm like saying all the names of people who like, I wouldn't feel weird. Like, you know, saying their names on a podcast, but you know, all of these different adult friends, those are the ones that I had and I made those friendships organically and everyone else who, where I tried to, where I tried to do it for the sake of doing it, I don't talk to those people anymore. And it's kind of like furnishing a house or building a closet. Like it's a little bit at a time and it's gradual and that can feel 
hard because it doesn't look like how everybody else's looks like with these large friend groups and, you know, big birthday dinners with like 30 people and all of that stuff. Like, but some people collect friends and some people like you collect friends that are going to be there for a really long time. And other people, they cycle through friends and not one is better than the other. But if you're a collector, not a cycler, focus on that strength. Yeah. I think freshman year is a time where everybody is just kind of friends with everybody because you're excited to not be at home anymore. You're just more open to making friends. You're around a lot more people where it's not, it's, it's friendship more by proximity because you're like mostly friends with people in your dorm. And I think once you would have become and once you got further into your sophomore year, if you would have still been on campus, I don't think you would have stayed friends with these people. You would have, like for me, when I started freshman year, I I was in every club. I was, you know, making friends with everybody in my hall. I was going to every possible party that I could. Like, I was just like out here. But then sophomore year, I got more focused into joining things because I actually was interested in it. So I, my friends became a smaller group. I still, I still pretty big group, but my friendship was more of a smaller group of specific people that I actually had the most in common with because these were people that were interested in the same things that I was interested in. So. I just want you to think about it like I like you wouldn't have continued to be friends with these people because they suck. Like they probably like, oh, she she feels like, you know, she's better than us because she left and whatever. But I and I don't want you to also think that you were only you only left with a piece of paper. You left with an education, an education that got you into grad school. You wouldn't be in grad school if you hadn't finished school. And like Megan said, you've got other, you've got a best friend, you've got a boyfriend, how to make adult friends. We've talked about this numerous times, Um, but find like with your grad program, see if, I don't know if it's like a grad program that isn't local to where you live, but see if there's like special interest groups or people that are similar. Look on LinkedIn to see people that are in a similar profession that you want to be in. People have meetups and hangouts and all the time. So see if there's meetups you can go to, because if there are people that are interested in the same thing that you're studying or they have a degree in that, then those might be your people. Those would have been the people that were in the clubs that you were in, that you would have been in if you were in college. Go see if there's alumni meetups for your school. Join special interests. I mean, we've talked about all this before, but like yeah. the things that you're interested in, there's like clubs and things for the same things that you would have been into in college, just like the out of college version of it. So seek those things out. Look for, look on Facebook, look on, look at see, you say you're near a big city. Um, Bumble has like a BFF feature where you can find friends. And I know a few people that have actually had a lot of success with that. Just look into things that you're actually interested in and go join it, go make a hobby out of it. And you'll find friends, you'll meet people. Yeah, like you don't, it doesn't seem like you have a ton of free time. So spend your free time doing something that you like and you enjoy. And if friends come from there, like that's, that's great. But friends aren't like an an assignment in that Mm -hmm. way that like, don't strain yourself (laughs) 
like, and, and push yourself and put grad school on the back burner and put all this, like, it's too much pressure on you. And it's too much pressure on other people. And they're not, friendships aren't going to organically form. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. not what it's going to be. And like, I'm very anti pity date. I'm also very anti friend pity date. Like, I think that you should pursue friendships with people because you really like them as people. You're really interested in getting to know them as people, not because, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't have any good friends here. So like, I might as well, like, ugh, okay, whatever. Like, it's just not, you're wasting both of your time. It's not fair to both of you there. And I've said it a thousand times, but it is far more lonely. It's far worse to have shitty friends than to be alone. Like it's, it's just point blank. And this is a time where I definitely felt the absolute most pressure to like have friends. And it's also okay if sometimes you need to like mute people on social media who do have friend groups and friend circles in a social life that you don't have at this point. And you might have that eventually, or it might not be in the cards for you because that's not how you like interacting with people. And that's okay if you need to mute that. Like that's that's absolutely fine. And just knowing that, you don't need to have all of these different friendships. Sometimes you can also get really good quality friend time by scheduling a FaceTime date with your best friend. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to then put that friendship on the back burner while you're pursuing other friendships, trying to kind of get that friendship, social interaction, part of your life, like part of your week checked off. Because trying to make friends and like reach out to people that doesn't fill you up the same way, like quality time with people you care about does. So value that versus value that with anyone with like a a cousin, a family member, a coworker, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, like value positive social interaction time, because it's going to make you more inclined to seek out other interactions like that, or just have an eye for that when you see someone in passing, you meet someone in passing, you join a new hobby, it'll it'll build up your confidence in in that versus putting so much pressure on every interaction to result in like a lifelong friendship. Right. Truly fuck those people. And Melissa's right. Like literally nobody is fr- freshman year to senior year. Like that's the, I remember when like I was friends with seniors and they would tell me who they hung out with their freshman year. I was like, what? Like it was, yeah. yeah. All right. Next call. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 22 years old and use she, her pronouns. I am calling because I don't think I've ever had an orgasm. It's not that I haven't tried. I have used many vibrators and have been masturbating for a long time. I do feel like when when I do feel something, there is some buildup, but not a lot. And once I get to that peak point, it just goes away quickly. Sometimes it just feels like too much and it isn't a, it isn't like a whole body thing. I don't know if that is an orgasm or not. If it is an orgasm, I feel like it might either be just a small one or it's just that there might just be too hype around orgasms for lack of better words. If that's possible. If it's not an orgasm, sorry. I don't know what else to try to get one. The closest that I've gotten has always been by myself. I've had a few partners, but they don't come close to getting me to that point, even if they go down on me. At this point, I'm just very frustrated and don't know what else to do. I've tried masturbating while tipsy or high because I heard that helps, and it did a little bit, but that still, it, it still didn't happen. 
I watch porn and read erotica and film nothing. I even listened to the How Come podcast to see if I could learn anything that helps. I've even considered going to a sex therapist, but I just haven't had the means to do that without my parents finding out. So my question is to you, what does an orgasm feel like? What else do you think I could do to reach one? Do you think there's a possibility of there being a lot of hype around orgasms? I will say I've had some anxiety around STIs because of a past experience with a partner and a bit of religious guilt. But I have worked these issues. I have worked on these issues in therapy. I hope you can help. I love the podcast. And if it helps, I'm a Libra. So thanks. Bye. I was waiting for the last part. And then you hit us with a double whammy. Anxiety around STIs and religious guilt. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to explain what it feels like. I, I just think would the you first time that, that I had if it. If you know, if you have one, yeah, you'll know. You know. Like I just feel like the first times I was going I'm also like, I hope my parents don't hear me talking. <laughs> I forgot you're at home. <laughs> <laughs> Big A is just at the door. Ear to the door. <laughs> Yeah. Just about all the whole family is stacked, heads on heads on heads. So I'm gonna be talking in code. Okay. Okay. Love it. So, so if you're listening, now you can listen in code too. Yes. Uh-huh. So the the first few times I was working towards it, when I felt it getting close, I got scared and stopped. Cause I was like, what is the next thing? Mm-hmm. Like I was freaked out by what the thing was. And then, like, I would say, like, I, w- I was there for, like, a year where I was just get really close and would be Same. afraid to go over the threshold. And then the one time that I just kept going and I got there, it it felt kind of, it, it feels like a rush, like a high, like, and the thing is, every time, sometimes they feel the same, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's, like, to the point where everything's shaking. Sometimes it's just a little, you know a softer one that's going to put me to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like so much that I want more. It's just mm-hmm. like, there's no way to really say it. And for everybody, it feels different too. And then, you know, the the fear and the guilt, I would say because of the fear, do it more with yourself, which you said you've been doing, but also how are you doing it? Because some people, their hand's fine. I can't get off that way. I have to use... Uh, it's just it's so much work so you know using a a helper that Mm -hmm. buzzes um things like that so and also with those you're going to get a different result and it takes like trial and error to see what you actually like sometimes things are too much sometimes they're not enough sometimes even the sound can make you not into it anymore like you have to find what works for you your environment can also mm-hmm. make it make a difference. I mean, there's been times when I've literally woken up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep. So I'll do it just to go back to sleep. Like, what are you trying to achieve? Like, there are things that you have to think about, but also not think about. And when you haven't crossed that threshold, then it's really hard to know until you keep doing it. And then also I have a friend that can't, she was like, I just can't do it. And, but she can um, say the word, but I don't want to say it just in case they can hear. Female. Squirt? 
Yes. Um, okay. They can do that. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that whispering. I need that to be your, yes. when you text me, you just hear female ejaculation. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, some friends that can do that, I can't do it, but she can. And I was like, but that is a form. Like you can yeah. do that. I can't. That's a different form of what I experienced. So mm-hmm. it just depends. And then some people, they just can't. And it might be because of the things that you ex- ex- you explained, like the guilt and um, shame and fear. And with that, I would say, talk to your therapist about it and see like what they recommend. It might be kind of scary to bring that up. I mean, you did talk about going to a specialized therapist for that, but maybe starting with your therapist to see what their thoughts are. Well, sex and sexuality is a huge part of like religious guilt. So like your Mm -hmm. therapist, that should be a part of the conversation regardless. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that is playing a part, not only because you mentioned it, but because you there like, I wonder, are are orgasms like, is it too hyped? So I think for you, you might be treating this as like a confirmation in your I, I don't know what your what your personal journey is with religion, but in like your deconstructing of religion, if you're treating this orgasm as like a sign of I'm doing the right thing, like sex is this is empowering and this and if it doesn't feel like that yet, that you might actually be holding them too in, entwined with each other that when it's not happening, then is it am I being punished? Is this like it was this too hyped? Were they if they were right about this, does that mean they're right about whatever? Like that can be a whole can of worms that you can open up those they're just so intertwined there and even just from the language you used I think that they still are holding that for you and the other thing I would say is like it's about yes it's about the tools it's about how often you're doing it but like how long are these Mm -hmm. sessions of you doing that because I'm the exact same way as Melissa like oh it took a while and like it took a fucking long time before you get up there and it's just the first time that you finally like continue and let and keep going because what else is going to happen? Like nothing bad is going to happen. And that's what like, if you only have 10 minutes saying like, no, like clear out fucking like two hours, clear out mm-hmm. three hours, like clear out some time. And if like, you don't love the sound of a vibrator or if you find that like, Maybe you enjoy like reading erotica and watching porn, but you don't enjoy it while you're actually doing it. Like figure out what is like turning you on and then figure out while you're, you know, using a vibrator or whatever, at what point do you kind of start, do you stop being in the moment? Like at what point are you then starting to be like, okay, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Like, where do you kind of clock out? What's the first thing that distracts you? Is it that the room is messy? Is it that there are loud noises? Is it that like, you're cold? Is it that you're too hot? Is it that you're uncomfortable? Like figure out what those external factors are. And if there's still like a level of like shame there, like you don't have to, you don't have to like wait in your journey post religious trauma to like, until you're quote unquote, like healed, recovered, or you've done all this work to like, then eventually enjoy sex. Like it's not a reward you get at the end of it. Like it's an ongoing process. And so it's okay if when you're like masturbating is not the most sex positive, empowering thing. Like if it makes you feel more comfortable to like masturbate in the bathroom with the door shut and like play music. So it feels quieter and it's, it can be that like, it doesn't have to be like sex positivity 
doesn't have to be loud and public and and proud. Like it's those everyday sort of things that that's empowering. Just making the choice to like prioritize your pleasure is, is empowering. It doesn't have to be a large, it doesn't have to be like a large demonstration of that. It doesn't have to be what you think it means to be sex positive. So I remember for me, like, I'm like, I'm going to get in the fucking bathtub, I'm going to turn like the bathtub faucet on, like that's going to be, you know, and I'm going to set aside some time. And I was like, and I'm going to fucking get there. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, that was kind of how I heard, like, that was the best way you could do it while you're at home without getting caught. But I did it and it made me like, numb so it didn't work for me yeah it also depends on your bathtub like it really like yeah. you have all these things of like it really depends on like how these things are but like i think and i found that like i don't didn't love like master in like my bedroom with like the door open like even if i'm living home alone like mm-hmm. it was i wanted there to feel like a and i don't have any religious trauma or anything like that but like there was something that whether it's comforting or it's like sex, whatever. Like I wanted to be like a little more private in my own home with just me there. And that's also a good way to recognize like where you're inclined to, you know, do this might also give you some insight into like, okay, do I like to be near a window? (laughs) Do I like Mm -hmm. to be out in my living room? Or do I like to be kind of like more to myself and on my own? And like, maybe I'll turn the lights down and I'll do this and blah, blah, blah. But like, orgasms are not overhyped <laughs> you'll know and the fact that you've gotten close and then it just stops like recognize in the moment like what's happening there like is it that like it's when it's too much and then you stop so then you know okay I'm gonna try again afterwards like nothing bad is going to happen and it's hard for our bodies to recognize that when we have like a foreign feeling we have like fight flight or played head <laughs> and then when there's like orgasm that's not on there and so like your body just kind of like what am I supposed to do how am I supposed to react and so you can even have a gut instinct of like pulling away or stopping or whatever that is but then just this is why I think you should set aside time don't consider that a failure if you only build Mm -hmm. up to that level start again like in in that exact moment like do that there and know that like enjoy the time that you're doing all of this and so you're having a good time and you're not counting down the minutes trying to get to an orgasm because the more you're thinking about that, you're running towards a destiny. Like you don't even know where you're running to. And it's really hard to, <laughs> to get there when you don't know what you're trying to reach. So you have to kind of just enjoy the process and listen to your body because your body's going to get you there. Your head's not going to get you there. Yeah. And I also want to talk about, you said like getting tipsy or like being high. Tipsy, not, not good. I think no. that's more of, when you're with someone to make you if like for the first time or something where you are a little nervous to relax you a bit but it can also make you feel paranoid and you don't weed because you're not because you're not like at your base level you won't understand what's actually going on with your body when you don't understand when you have no understanding to begin with because you're working towards something that you've never experienced before. And then also with cannabis, there are like studies that show women it's more intense, but it depends on what you're doing. Cause there's so many, I don't, you say you're high. I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about cannabis, but whatever you're on same, what I said about alcohol applies to it. But with cannabis, 
there are studies that shows that it's more intense, but it depends on what you're using. And also like you can use like lube that you can use that has it in it that will make it more intense on site, make blood flow better. But if you don't know where you're starting at, it can make it worse. Yeah, I I just and like you said, you're not if you're not sober in the moment, you're not going to be able to like really understand your cues and how you got mm-hmm. there to begin with. And you don't want that to be the prerequisite to then getting there. Like, mm-hmm. and it'll just make you frustrated at the end. Yeah. And you when, don't want it to, you, you don't need there. it to be more intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, it's going to take a, like a while. Like the, I think like gonna- the actual like session that like I find it was probably, I probably it's like an hour and a half, maybe probably maybe even two hours, three, like, mm-hmm. a long long time and even then like the next couple times like it might still take you a couple of hours and then depending on my mood now I can be like three minutes five minutes or 45 Mm -hmm. minutes it's Mm -hmm. it's so much about your so much about like mental also your environment just where you're at like (laughs) mentally and how you're feeling how turned on you are whatever it is like you'll start to learn that about yourself the more that you do it. But the first couple of times, like I think in movies, TV shows, porn, like every, like people like think Fate. this is like a really quick thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not, especially when you're figuring it out on your own the first time, everyone I know, it took them out. Like it took them like both Melissa and I said, like uh, probably like a year of trying to get there. And then the actual session were hours, like hours to get mm-hmm. there. Like it's, it's like running a marathon. So give yourself more than enough time to be able to get frustrated with yourself and then forgive yourself and then keep going, like just get back, getting back on that vibrator, getting back on, getting back on that ride. Or whatever it is that, that helps. You're going to have to I would buy a variety of things just to see what you like, yeah. how it feels. And the last thing, I don't know how much you talk about sex with like other people in your life, but like, I remember when I was like younger and this not at that time, but I was just like, oh, so like you just like get a dildo and like you fuck yourself with a dildo and Mm -hmm. that's like when you're going to come. So like making sure that like, you know where your clit is, making sure that like you've confirmed that area or you can try a little to the left, a little to the right, a little more forward, a little more back and focusing on toys that are specifically just hitting that versus anything penetration wise, because Mm -hmm. at least for me, the first time I was like trying to like all of that, especially solo, you can just feel like you're, I can, I felt that I could be a little bit more in my head because you're having to think about two things at once. Like if you want to deal with pressure and clit stuff, like that's two things you're thinking of at once. And one of those things based on the angle I'm masturbating at, I'm not going to come from that alone. So I'm Mm going to leave that for another day. That'll be my advanced move. And I'm just going to focus on one thing. And there are specific vibrators that are for just clit stuff. And Mm -hmm. that is where I would, I would go and then getting one that just vibrates that you can, but you don't have to stick it inside. You can use it anywhere, but it just, it, it vibrates everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you can maneuver around and it has a more of a larger surface area. And that's a great way for you to figure out where you have the most sensation. Because, you know, I always joke that like the, the clit, we, when we first talked about the clit suction ones, I was like, I feel like I have to get a hand mirror. And I'm like trying to like snap a button together. I'm like, okay, where exactly are we going here? And that can feel a little more technical. Yeah. 
unless yeah, sexy. and I, I would say I'm an advanced user, and the first time I used that, the rose thing, I was like, what is the hype for this? Like, I don't understand it. This is doing nothing for me. But then when I figured it out, I was like, Ooh. yeah, but it's like it's like a new it's like starting over again and you're still trying to figure things out. So like and again, I know what it feels like. So if that's new for me, I wouldn't, you know, I personally for me, I wouldn't start there. Same. But again, experiment with a few things when you figure out there's some things that people swear by. And it's not, it does nothing for me. This is not for me. Yeah. But I think in this stage, you have to do like some sex toys are pure <laughs> function and others mm-hmm. like I think you should be getting one again, larger surface area, whole thing vibrates. Mm-hmm. You can feel sexy. You can really close your eyes. You don't have to worry about the technicality. Like love the rose, love the clit ones. But again, like the first like three times I used it and even even every time I use it now, but the first couple of times I'm like, this doesn't do shit, but it's literally right. like, I'm trying to snap a button on a bodysuit and I got to get the right mm-hmm. angle. Like it's not sexy, but that's fine yeah. for me because I know where I'm getting to and that won't take mm-hmm. me out of it. Cause I know what I'm working towards. You don't. So I would go for things that are more universal yeah. and work up to that. Yeah. And go to a place that sells these things and talk to the people there. It might feel a little embarrassing, but you can, they're experts. You can talk to them about, I like this. This made me feel like this, but I'm still not getting to X, Y, and Z. And just talk to them. That might be a cheaper way than to, for your parents finding out the other thing. And I feel like for people who work at like sex toy shops, they are going to be relieved that they, the first, that someone who's talking to them about like, what do they like? And I've never had an orgasm before. Like if I worked there and it's like a 20, two-year-old came in and was saying this, I would be like, oh my gosh, I just had to deal with like all of these pervy, gross mm-hmm. old men asking me like, if I they can stick this up my butt and here you are trying to have your first orgasm, like I will become your mentor. Like I'm so happy yeah. to help you with this. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's an empowering thing, especially for people with vaginas. All right. Best of luck. Happy uh, orgasming. <laughs> all right. We're going to take another break. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We're back. It's time for Don't Blame Them. Yahoo! Don't Blame Them is where listeners will call in with their own advice pertaining to a call we have aired on a previous episode. So maybe they have some personal experience. Maybe they have dealt with it by proxy, they picked up on something that we didn't, or they just have thoughts of their own that they would like to share. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am calling in for Don't Blame Them for the episode titled Dating a Virgin, and this is actually about that call. I am 23, and my pronouns are she, her. I wanted to touch on a few things from the original call. The caller said that this guy is, quote, very adamant about waiting to have sex, and is uncomfortable around the subject, end quote. To me, that sounds like he has put up a boundary that he isn't willing to cross at this time. This isn't to say that he'll never want to have sex, but that seems to be where his mindset is now. If he has set up that boundary with the caller, then I think that she should consider if she wants to be with him if sex isn't a part of their relationship. Sexual compatibility is important, so if he doesn't want to have sex right now, then maybe he's not the right person for you. But I think it's important to focus on where his head is now and not what might happen in the future. Also, and I'm not trying to say that the caller is doing this, but I wanted to emphasize that his boundaries in regards to physical touch need to be respected the same way he should respect yours. I am someone who enjoys showing love through physical touch and often referred to myself in the past as a touchy-feely person. So I understand where the caller is coming from but no one should be touched in any way without their consent and everyone has a right to refuse any form of physical contact. Also, the caller asked if she should worry if there is, quote, something wrong, end quote, with this guy because he is a 26-year-old virgin. I'm not totally sure what she meant by that, but like Megan said, the idea that men are supposed to be super sexual comes from the patriarchy. Obviously, this guy doesn't fit into that stereotype, 
which is completely fine. Hopefully this doesn't come off rude or mean or anything. Also, to reiterate, there is nothing wrong if you, caller, decide that you don't want to be in a relationship without sex. That's totally your choice, and you have the right to make that decision. Okay, that is all. I love you both so, so much. Bye! Thanks, and good job on writing it down. I know that you're going through a tough time right now. Why did I not know who it was until you said that? (laughs) Is that who I'm thinking about? Yeah. Wait. You should just know that, like, if Melissa wasn't here, me with my Dory brain, I'm like, I don't know who this is. I, I, <laughs> I, I could see this man walking on the street and I wouldn't know a thing. It took you three times. And the first time you didn't write it down. The second time you wrote it down. I don't know what happened because I didn't look at the whole thing. And then the third time you wrote it down and took your time. So thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. And yeah, I co-sign. All of that. And I love to hear from someone who self-identified as a touchy-feely person who has since, you know, recognized that touch might still be a part of how they like to give and receive love, but recognizing that that's not um, something for other people that they just need to work around and consider. It's the actual exact opposite. As someone who's not a touchy-feely person, I would just like to say for my people, thank you, because I, I hate it. Like, I truly, truly hate it. And also... When I do, when I am like more touchy or whatever with people, like if I'm forced to do that, then, you know, it's never coming from me. It's coming from obligation. And Mm -hmm. when I give you a hug or whatever, that's coming from me. Like it's so, it's much better. It's so much better. I enjoy it so much more, except sometimes I do hug if I'm awkward or uncomfortable. And it's just because I like, I'm trying to think of what I should say. I'm like, oh, we can have a hug. And I'm like buying time, buying time. See, I'm fine with it from other people if I'm comfortable with them, but I, it's hard for me to give it back. Yeah. Yeah. I will like hug some people when I see them. Yeah. Never me. Unless it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, but like we it's why once would a year. We, We're good. I was gonna say, I know. why would we do that to each other? Like I know. We both we don't want we do it. it. I mean Exactly. We don't want to give it. No, we do it when we both want to. And yeah. I wouldn't want any more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just it's like, why? But good call. Thank you, person. Thank you, person. I have no idea who it is. Mm-hmm. If you want to call in for an upcoming episode, give us a voicemail. Give us a voicemail. Call us and leave us a voicemail. 310-694-0976. International listeners send a audio message to megapodcast at gmail.com. If you have an update, if you've been a caller on a previous episode and we have given you advice and you would like to let us know what happened afterwards, what was what's the current haps of the situation, shoot us an email at meganpodcast.gmail.com and we can schedule a time, especially now that we might have some people might have a little bit more free time in their schedules or we're happy to like take updates as we can get them at this point. Like we'd love to have you mm-hmm. on like a video, but if you want to record a second thing for us and you want to do that, you want to send us something, we We'd love to hear an update. Just be th- and- yeah, just be thorough and make sure that you answer. If we had any questions that we asked when we were giving advice, please make sure you answered those questions because we're going to still have it. Exactly. Because we don't know anymore. Half the mm-hmm. time, I don't even remember what I'm like, what was this on? What was this about? I need right. to, to jog my memory. And if you want to call in for Don't Blame Them, that same number as well. And that is it. If you want to leave us a five-star review, 
you might be greeted in your sleep by an angel who will give you money underneath your pillow like a tooth fairy or will give you wonderful succubus dreams if that's what you desire Mm. because you don't you don't you never know what good is going to happen from leaving a review nothing bad's going to happen unless you leave a bad review and then i can't promise they're going to be positive succubus dreams but we (laughs) we've got we've got people in high places who could they could give you those dreams yeah we can make a fiverr account (laughs) and if anybody is curious about what that reference is to it is now the perfect time for you to follow the succubus saga. So if you just look, if you search, don't blame me, succubus, you will find all of the parts. And um, yeah. I encourage you to listen from the beginning. And you're welcome for the journey you're about to go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's one of our most underrated sagas and on the on the podcast. Yeah. And thank you, person, for sharing. You know who you, you are. You know who you are. We love you. We adore you. Mm-hmm. And we wish nothing but all of the good things for you. Yeah. Cool. Follow us on socials everywhere and leave us nice comments on things on our personal accounts, on the on the podcast account. Tell us something cool. I don't know. Happy New Year. Next time you hear from us, it will be a new year. And you right get now. to listen to Melissa's New Year's hot takes on this week's episode of but am i wrong where i was gonna make a reference to it but i realized that that comes out later and i don't want to spoil one of the funniest sentences i ever heard and i laughed very hard (laughs) so stay tuned stay tuned for that and um we'll well i guess you won't we'll 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 see you'll you'll see us this year um but then for this episode for this podcast you'll see us next year Mm -hmm. bye don't blame me is a production by me executive produced by melissa demonts and diamond imprint productions edited by coco lawrence production assistance by melanie d watson music by ryan hunter and giacomo picasso